Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. Brad Wilson, welcome to podcast number 162. Thank you for being with us. And remember, this program is presented by the Christ Life Fellowship. Check us out, christ-life.org. Now, here we go into part number eight of this amazing series on Jesus and Paul. And no one presents this better than Warren Litzman. Here's Warren. Let me read the verse, and then we're going to spend much of the day on this verse. Now to him that is of the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. This is such a loaded verse. It's really an unwanted verse in most people's Bibles. In fact, a lot of the new translations of the scriptures have so danced around this verse to change it that it is bad, atrocious. In fact, many of the new Bibles seek to change this sort of thing in Paul's ministry because they don't understand the in Christ message. I buy a lot of theological books. I buy those that I put to a test. First test I put to most books I buy is this verse. I go and find out what the writer has to say about this verse. It is not surprising to me that most of them will not comment on this verse. The new commentaries do not do verse by verse like I'd like to hear. They will, when they get to the 16th chapter of Romans, put all the last 10 verses and give a resume of them to completely ignore the, thank you, the aspect of what's in this verse. I don't intend by dealing with this verse to relate to you that I know a whole lot or that I'm an authority on it, far from it. When I read this verse, I read it with clear glasses. I read it without any background attached to it. I read it as it is. If you'll read most of your verses that Paul gives you like that, you'll be happy with them. If you try to mix them up or commingle them, you have problems. Let's read this verse without commingling it and to see what it is he's trying to say. In fact, this is the best untangling verse there is for commingling. Let's start with the very first line. We'll take it slow and easy and try to comment on the things that are important to us. Now to him. This is a end to this writing of Romans. This verse fits into the final words he has to say. Now to him that is of the power to establish you. We'll stop right there for right now. And let's talk about the him in this verse. The him is God. Now to God, who has the power. Very often we preachers think we have the power to establish people. That's an erroneous thought. I thought that for many years. I thought that as a teacher for many years in teaching preachers, that this was my power to establish them. We often come to the pulpit and say, I'm here, folks, to establish you, to make you strong. That's pretty good for the gospel of the kingdom. Because the people in the kingdom need to be established. 
and men can do that. Men were given specific ministries to do that. In fact, the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians were primarily gifts to establish the believers, and they were operated by men. The kingdom message is earthly, so men have that great ability to do that. Jesus came doing that. Jesus of Nazareth came in the great uh, proclamations he gives, particularly in Matthew, which is keenly the, the kingdom message uh, document. Uh, he is establishing people in the kingdom that is to come about, the earthly kingdom. So men have long had the idea that they establish you. That's okay for the kingdom message because there men lay down the law and then give you scriptures to enforce that law. All law must be enforced. You understand that? It can't be a law unless it's enforced. See? Grace is a very opposite of that. It doesn't need to enforce anything because your salvation does not depend upon it. So when you hear law and you're established by what men have to teach, that is so because you have to do that and be under that law in order to be saved. We have in the last 30 or 40 years of the full gospel movement seen men do everything in their power to put people under law. We've had what I call totem pole gospel where somebody's on top and somebody's under them and somebody's under them and we've had the thing called covering. We've had all sorts of things which were law things. And you see, what it was, these were things developed by men. And then men laid down the law for it. And the end result of all man-enforced law is if you don't do what I say, you can't be in fellowship with me or with us. And so we start right off here with the word him because in grace it is God that establishes us. Now you want to know how God establishes you? Have you heard of God's instruments of establishment? I mean, they are powerful. We call them the CNS game. <laughs> That's how God establishes people. What does he do? He lets the circumstances and situations of life establish you. That's why you never run out of them. Somebody said, oh, I wish I could draw nigh to God. Take a look at your life. Do you have anything happening in it? See? You think when you have circumstances and situations, God's gone. Why? It's the opposite. That's where he is. You say, oh, I want to draw closer to God. Take a look at what's happening to you. Is the CNS gang working? You got somebody sick unto death? Are you trying to tell me that God is separated from the events in your life? Far from it. And the more crucial those events, the more God is working in it. So the Him is God who establishes us. And He establishes us as believers by what happens to us. Well, to separate the other gospel from this, the other gospel would say, if you've got a problem, get rid of it. You need a miracle. You need a miracle. Believe with me. Send me an offering and I'll get you a miracle. 
You see, it's a very earthly thing. It has to do with the outer part of our living and existence. Him that hath the power to establish us. I can't believe that God separated from any one of you. If he rebirthed you, if God took that very precious moment in your cry for salvation to put his sperm, seed, word seed always translates sperm in the New Testament, to put his sperm in you. Think how tender, how loving, how caressing, how beautiful that moment is. You grew up in the Lord and didn't know that properly. Religion wouldn't let you be that close to God because the earthly religion, the kingdom on this earth, wants you to be in their control. But you had such a precious moment with God, the moment you were saved. He put his life in you, his seed in you. It was incorruptible. You would never again be corruptible in spirit, for he joined with you and saturated your spirit till he pushed the evil spirit out. What a beautiful moment. If you can grow from that moment in your understanding, then you are never separated from him, whatever the CNS gang does. Whatever circumstances he lets come your way, whatever takes place, he's your father. He hadn't called you to destroy you. If he wanted to destroy you, he has a power to do it. He destroyed 150 million in Noah's flood. He has power. He's not set to destroy you. He just wants you. He wants to lift you from the life you had where Satan was your nature to where his nature operates. So he alone has that power ultimately. Now you make a choice in your lifetime. You make a choice to where whether people such as I lay down the law to you and tell you what it is you must do or you can join with Paul and say now to him who has the power to establish me. That's a choice you make. But you know in life people who make choices must see the opportunity to make them. And I think most Christians never realize they make choices. Every choice you make, you're going to have to live with it. That's a God thing. Every life here right now is here by a series of choices you're living out. What were those choices? Those were provocations brought for the CNS game, the circumstances of life. That's what sets you here right now. That's why you're listening to me, or hopeful some of you are. You're here by a series of choices you made in your life. I'm here talking to you by a series of choices. And we're all living out those choices. That's him. That's the big him in this verse. Now to him. Ever since he birthed me, him has been it. The Jesus that is in me looks to him. 
The Jesus that is in me is not separated from Him. He doesn't think different from Him. He doesn't act different from Him. When He was on this earth, the Christ that was in Jesus of Nazareth was solely tied to the Father. The Christ that is in me is solely tied to the Father. We know so little about fatherhood. It never enters to people what salvation is because religion and churchanity has taken over. Religion says, you got saved in my meeting. No, you didn't. You came to an altar wherever it was and God cohabitated with you in a love act. For God so loved you that He gave you His only begotten Son. How did He do it? By an injection of His seed. It's a love act. You're the result of that. I want you to know more about that. I want you to have feeling for that. Because most of you have got troubles ahead like you've never known before. The CNS gang won't stop. Their purpose is to keep pushing you to this Christ. And this Christ in you is going to keep pushing you to His Father. His Father. You can't have salvation without knowing there was a Father who birthed you. And that He can't be a Father unless you're birthed. And you can't be a child unless a Father births you. So you get this fatherhood thing fixed. Now that's a God thing in our world. I don't know how it is here, but in America, one of our greatest problems are the innumerable young women who bear children who have no daddies, but they had a father. They didn't get that child without a man. But they know nothing about fatherhood. Our generation is utterly corrupted for the lack of the understanding of fatherhood. But the problem's not in the outer generation. The problem is right in this book. Because if you and I don't know God as our Father, then the only Father that will be known in this world is Father Satan. So it's one or the other. So to him who has the power, to God who has the power, our lives are going to be controlled and ordered. So I have to say with Paul, as he said about 20 times in his writing, a, a catch-all phrase, all things are of God. All things. That's one of the hardest things to swallow, isn't it? Most of us in full gospel circles didn't want to swallow that, so we took up miracles so that every time the CNS gang attacked us, we asked God to remove it immediately. Even if he didn't remove it, we had a kind of a doctrine that said, say it's done anyhow. That was a lie, but we made a doctrine out of it. Say it's done anyhow. I can remember 
I guess hundreds of people I looked at and said, Brother, you're healed. Say, it's done. Yes, sir, it's done. And he hobbled off and hobbled on the rest of the week, the rest of his life. We thought that was a spur of faith, you see. We, did, we had no God interest in anything that happened to people. We just didn't see God working. We really thought it came down to where you got faith, God will give you a miracle. You got no faith, you get no miracle. That's life. Now to Him. Don't you hear that? That roars at me when I look into this verse. Now to Him. Let's turn our attention to Him. He's still in charge. He's still in control. He's in charge in Zimbabwe. I don't like what's happening, but I have to say God is working there. He's in charge in South Africa. He's even in charge in Rwanda and now in Ethiopia. You say, look at all the thousands dying, being destroyed. God is in charge. I don't have the answer to all of it, but I have to say now to him who has the power. One other thing I want to say about the word power. God has the power whether you believe or not. God has the power whether you have faith or not. This verse doesn't say God has the power if you believe. It just says God has the power. Could we leave it there? Because it's kind of come to the place in religion that God doesn't have any power except we who believe. You wouldn't think that God could do anything if it wasn't for some of our beliefs. I want to tell you, he has the power anyhow. And he operates it. Now to him that has the power. What is the power to be used for, basically? What is the power to be used for in this gospel of grace? The power is to establish us. Establish us. All the raw materials are there. Everything to make us who we're to be is there. Nothing is left out. The seed is planted. Everything God can do for a human being is there at the moment of salvation. Innumerable experiences, innumerable manifestations, innumerable spiritual blessings, but it's all there in the seed. It's to establish us. So the outer things that come upon us have to do with the establishment of that seed. Ah, Jesus of Nazareth talked about that. He talked about good ground, hard ground. The seed goes in and the seed is determined by the interest that you show it, by its environment. But the seed is total. The scripture was read from John 15. The branch there is the extension of Christ. What is our extension of Christ? Our ministry. 
The branch that's cut off is not the believer that goes to hell. The believer can't be severed from life. The branch is his ministry that produces fruit. So you only produce according to the kind of ground that you're in. Except the corn of wheat fall into the ground, it die. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So the production of the fruit in a believer's life, the establishment, the power to establish a believer's life is a result of the planting, the result of where you're planted, the result of what you do with the seed where it is. Well, okay, we're going to have to stop right here, but we will resume next week right here where we left off on the great teachings from Warren Litzman on Jesus and Paul. Please visit our website, christ-life.org. I can't encourage you enough to go to the bookstore and find these great treasures that Warren left behind. christ-life.org, and there's a tab for the bookstore. Our thanks to Robbie Litzman for allowing us to go into the archives each week. Valerie Hill does our Twitter account. Tammy Laycott does the weekly podcast notes. And this program is produced weekly by Teresa Ferraro from the Christ Life Fellowship. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson, loving the Christ Life.